0: Checkered Flag Podcast with host Michael Shelton. Part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the
1: host of the Checkered Flag Podcast, Michael Shelton. And hello, race fans. Welcome to another edition of the Checkered Flag Podcast. I'm Michael Shelton. Glad to be with you all once again as NASCAR heads to my home state of Michigan for the second time this season for the running of the Consumers Energy 400 at Michigan International Speedway. You can listen to a brand new episode of the Checkered Flag Podcast every Friday on the WRALsportsfan.com website and app, or by downloading this podcast in Apple Podcast, Google Play, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and TuneIn. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, my handle on both platforms is Mr. Underscore Sheltonius. Again, that's M-R underscore S-H-E-L-T-O-N-I-U-S. I will welcome any feedback, criticism, or questions you may have. We've got another great episode of the Checkered Flag Podcast for you this week. In just a few moments, I will be speaking with a former NASCAR Xfinity Series champion and current NASCAR Cup driver from Stuart Haas Racing, Daniel Suarez. I'll ask Daniel how he feels about his chances of qualifying for the NASCAR Cup playoffs, as well as get his thoughts on handling conflict with his fellow drivers. Following Daniel Suarez, I will talk to NBC Sports pit reporter Kelly Stavist. We'll get her perspective on last weekend's exciting race at Watkins Glen, as well as some of the major dust-ups that occurred on and off the track. Before we bring on our first guest, I just want to let you know that NBCSN is your home for NASCAR this weekend. You can catch NBC Sports live coverage of the Consumers Energy 400 from Michigan International Speedway on Sunday at 3 p.m. only on NBCSN. If you can't watch the race on TV, you can listen to NASCAR Racing from Michigan on Sunday at 2 p.m. only on 620 The Ticket. Our friends at the Motor Racing Network will be on the call. It's now time to welcome our first guest this week, the pride of Monterey, Mexico, who has established himself as a NASCAR trailblazer. Well, we're joined right now by the driver of the number 41 Ford Mustang for Stuart Haas Racing. He is in his third season in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. In 2016, this driver made history by becoming the first foreign-born driver to win a NASCAR National Series title when he claimed the Xfinity Series championship. He will be back in action this Sunday at 3 p.m. when the NASCAR Cup Series heads to Michigan International Speedway for the Consumers Energy 400. You can watch the race on NBCSN and listen to it on 620 The Ticket. It's our pleasure to welcome Daniel Suarez. Daniel, welcome to the Checkered Flag Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Excellent. It's great to have you on. Now, Daniel, you're coming off a 17th place finish this past Sunday at Watkins Glen International. Now, in your previous two NASCAR Cup starts at Watkins Glen, you finished third and fourth. Just what do you believe was the difference for you in last Sunday's race at Watkins Glen compared to your previous two outings at that track?
2: Well, fortunately, actually, Watkins Glen is one of my favorite racetracks. Uh, I, I really enjoy racing there a lot. Um, you know, a rock cool race that is very fast and and uh, you have a lot of fast sections uh, in that racetrack, and and you have three very very heavy braking zones. And as I just mentioned, three very very heavy braking zones are extremely important. And uh, unfortunately, we had a we had a brake issue very early into the race that uh, that made me just uh, just kind of like play defense in the entire race when it comes to brakes. Um, I felt like if I was pushing my brakes. I wasn't going to be able to finish the race, so so we had to play defense and trying to think about the the championship and then trying to think about the points situation and I'm trying to finish the race instead of finish last. so so unfortunately we, we couldn't we couldn't, uh continue the the great uh, you know success that we have had there in the past, but uh, but at least we were able to finish the race. So it was unfortunately something that we couldn't control and and um and now you know, now now that's in the past. I mean walking lane is still one of my favorite racetracks anyway and, and I'm sure that the next time that we come back there we're gonna be strong. But uh for now we're heading into Michigan which is one of the the fastest racetracks in the in the year and uh we had a good solid top five last time there, so really looking forward to have another solid run there.
1: Yes, and of course, you bring up Michigan International Speedway this Sunday. It's a place where you are certainly no stranger to success. You earned your first career Xfinity Series win at that track in 2016 en route to the championship. And then, as you just stated back in June, you posted a fourth-place finish. Now, you currently sit 18th in the point standings just outside the playoff picture, but a win on Sunday punches your ticket. So how confident are you, Daniel, that Michigan can be that race for you in which you finally get into the playoffs?
2: I think Michigan it can be one of those races where we can get some stage points and finish in the top five uh that's for sure uh, and and, uh, and if we are in the position to do that, we have to take it uh we cannot take risks of uh, wrecking uh race cars or having issues or mistakes uh already we can win we're gonna be we're we gonna go for it but uh we have to be smart and we have to know the situation that we are in the playoffs and the, in the point situation and uh and trying to make the most of it. So so we'll see what happens, but uh, hopefully we can have a shot to, to the win, and uh, hopefully we can have a solid day.
1: Now, besides Chase Elliott's victory on Sunday, it seems the moments from the Watkins-Glenn race everyone seems to be talking about are Kyle Busch's dust-ups with William Byron and Bubba Wallace Jr., and the post-race argument between Jimmy Johnson and Ryan Blaney. Now, Daniel, you're certainly one who isn't afraid to speak your mind and stick up for yourself. People also remember your arguments with Michael McDowell in Phoenix as well as Bubba Wallace Jr. at Pocono. You made it clear that it's all about respect. But as a driver, I was just curious, Daniel, to ask, where do you draw the line when a situation arises with a driver and you have to decide between keeping your emotions in check or I have to give this guy a piece of my mind?
2: You know, it's 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 tough to answer that question because every situation is different, and every driver is different too. The only thing that is similar to all drivers, all across all across the the, the garage area, is that uh, we all are very passionate and we all are very competitive and, and we all we want to win races. And uh, and you know, we 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 always think that uh, that we have to give respect to to get respect. And uh, and and when something, you know. Something that we don't believe that is is, uh, is the right thing happens. I so really we're gonna be disappointed. I'm, I'm not talking about somebody in general. Myself, I'm talking about uh, you know in general terms of talking, I guess. But uh, you know, the the playoffs. We we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs, and uh, and, and and you know we're getting more pressure, and and, and we're getting closer to get there, and and uh, you know everyone is pushing harder, and everyone is is. is uh, is pushing those lines a little bit, a little bit more. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not very surprised that these things are gonna, are happening, and I'm not, I, w- I won't be surprised if they start happening even more in the future.
1: Now, this is your first season with Stuart Haas Racing after spending the last two seasons with Joe Gibbs Racing, and so far, you've led more laps this season than you did in your first two years in NASCAR Cup combined, and you also have two top five finishes and seven top ten finishes. Just what was it like for you, Daniel, at first getting adjusted to this new team at Stuart Haas, and do you now believe that everything is starting to come together for you at the right time?
2: Well, Stuart Haas Racing is definitely a, a, a very good organization. Uh, it's one of the top organizations. Uh, last year, they, in my opinion, they were the best, the best team out there the entire year and, and probably the, the team to beat uh, this year. You know we have had to, to work very hard for it and 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 the race has they been okay but not great and uh that is, is that that has cost us a little bit but um but overall, I feel like we've been making ground and, and making our cars better and better and and we have showed that in the race track. unfortunately in the last five weeks or so we have had some some uh some different kind of mistakes last last week with brakes or a lot when I made a point in Kentucky or, or stuff like that that uh, sometimes it's hard to control. But, uh, but overall, I feel like we are, we are moving in the right direction. The team isn't working very hard, and, and, uh, and we are having faster race cars, uh, you know, every weekend. So I'm excited for that, and hopefully we can uh, keep doing that to, to, to soon talk about uh, about, about office.
1: Now finally, off the track, Daniel, you seem to have quite the budding movie career on your hands. You recently appeared with the Dylan brothers, Austin and Ty, in the movie Stuber, starring Dave Batista. Prior to that, you had the honor of voicing yourself in the Disney movie Cars 3, in which your character was named Daniel Swervez. Just how much do you enjoy appearing in movies, and do you see any other roles coming in your future?
2: Yeah, that, that's fun. Already, that, that's something different that... Uh that uh, as a race car I don't get to do very often, uh, and, and when the opportunity presents, it's always good to do to do something like that because uh, you know we do something that is outside of the of the of the, of the NASCAR world. I will call it, uh, and it's a lot of fun. And obviously, uh, I personally am a big fan of uh, of, of the cars, cars, uh, Pixar movies, and and it was a lot of fun to to do that for the first time well with our a, with, with a friend from Stuber. So it's been a lot of fun, and hopefully we can get more of those opportunities in the future.
1: Once again, he's Daniel Suarez, the driver of the number 41 Ford Mustang for Stuart Haas Racing, the 2016 NASCAR Xfinity Series champion, and he will be racing in the Consumer's Energy 400 at Michigan International Speedway on Sunday at 3 p.m. on NBCSN. Daniel, thank you so much once again for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Best of luck to you this weekend and the rest of the season. Let's touch base again soon. Thank you very much. Daniel Suarez, a talented driver who is hoping this weekend will mark his first visit to a NASCAR Cup victory lane. As I mentioned in the beginning, the NASCAR Cup Series will be running at Michigan International Speedway for the second time this season on Sunday but there will be a big difference in the track as compared to the race held back in June. NASCAR will be implementing a substance called PJ1 in all four corners on the top 40 feet of the track next to the wall. The substance is meant to give drivers more grip and traction, and NASCAR is hoping the change in the track will produce more side-by-side racing. Back in June at the Firekeepers Casino 400, Joey Logano led 163 of 203 laps en route to victory at Michigan and would love nothing more than to sweep both races this season at MIS, especially in the home state of Ford Motor Company. But former Michigan winners Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and Kevin Harvick will have something to say, along with Michigan native Brad Keselowski. Now, prior to the NASCAR Cup race on Sunday, the NASCAR Xfinity Series will be racing on a road course for the second straight weekend on Saturday when the b Transport 170 is held at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course in Lexington, Ohio. Last Saturday, Austin Sindrick of Penske Racing picked up his first career Xfinity Series win at Watkins Glen in his Ford Mustang, and now the native of Columbus, Ohio will be looking to claim victory in his home state this weekend. The BNL Transport 170 will air on NBCSN on Saturday at 3 p.m. Before we bring on our next guest, just a reminder that NBCSN is your home for NASCAR this weekend. You can catch NBC Sports live coverage of the Consumers Energy 400 from Michigan International Speedway on Sunday at 3 p.m. only on NBCSN. If you can't watch the race on TV, you can listen to NASCAR racing from Michigan on Sunday at 2 p.m only on 6.20, the ticket. Well, after a wild race at Watkins Glen last Sunday, we had to get the lowdown from a NASCAR reporter who's used to being in the middle of the action. We're joined right now by a pit reporter for NBC Sports coverage of the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series and the Xfinity Series. In addition, she's also a reporter for NBCSN's weekday show, NASCAR America, and is also a regular during NBC's coverage of the Winter and Summer Olympic Games. It's our pleasure to welcome Kelly Stavist. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us on the Checkered Flag Podcast today. How are you?
0: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, it's our pleasure. Now, Kelly, prior to last Sunday's NASCAR Cup race at Watkins Glen, you tweeted out on your Twitter account, love this place, love this race. And with the numerous stories that arose from that race, that the goal bowling at the Glen, did you envision that you would be in for a busy day in the pits last Sunday?
0: Well, I did, but... You know, I think there was even more than I could have bargained for that that happened in Sunday's race. It was fantastic. Um, a lot of tempers flared. Um, we had to wait to see how some strategies were going to play out. And then just the battle between Chase Elliott holding off Martin Truex Jr. again. It was phenomenal. So it was everything I had hoped it would be and even more.
1: It just what's, what's it like for you as a pit reporter covering a, an intense race such as the one at Watkins Glen?
0: Well, I think that, you know, the best part is, is the insight that we have, whether it is standing in someone's pit box and watching their reactions and seeing it firsthand or listening in on the scanners and hearing the, the driver crew chief spotter communications. And so when Jimmy Johnson was upset with Ryan Blaney, Um, I happen to be listening in on his radio and I'd never heard Jimmy Johnson as mad as he was on Sunday over the radio. I'd never heard him yell like that. Um, And so when, when I hear that I'm immediately talking back in my headset to my producer saying, you got to get this radio. Jimmy's mad at at Blaney. We got to find it. You know, we got to go back and find the footage. So I'm just another set of eyeballs to help everyone. Um, Uh, hear and see what's happening around the track so that we can get it into the show and tell the full story.
1: Well, Kelly, you just mentioned the argument between Jimmy Johnson and Ryan Blaney that occurred after Blaney made contact with Jimmy in the carousel in turn five, causing Jimmy to spin out. They argued after the race and Jimmy said afterwards that Blaney was scared because he didn't know what to say. What are your thoughts on this matter? And do you believe we'll see any carryover from this incident as we inch closer to the playoffs?
0: Well, I actually interviewed both Jimmy and Ryan after the, the race and, you know, Jimmy was still obviously very hot um, and upset at that time. When I talked to Ryan, Ryan, you know, was very apologetic and just said, you know, he certainly didn't mean to to spin him out that, you know, he thought Jimmy got into the corner in an awkward way and it just, you know, events unfolded. I don't think anything moves forward to be perfectly honest because like we said, never seen Jimmy quite like that. I have to believe that a week later, Jimmy has calmed down and that, um, you know, he and Ryan have probably even had a chance to talk things out. So I, you know, do I anticipate anything on track? Uh, unlikely. Certainly not at Michigan. If there would be anything, I'd wait to, to a short track. But Jimmy is not in a position to, to do anything that can jeopardize his own race, right? He's got to make the playoffs. And a lot of times, as we saw even with William Byron, if you go for a payback, sometimes it hurts you as much or more than the person you're trying to upset. So,
1: Yes, Kelly, if you could just expand on that altercation between Kyle Busch and William Byron. Of course, Busch forced Byron into the grass after he thought that Byron caused him to spin out. Then Byron retaliated by bumping into Busch on a caution lap, damaging his own car in the process, what was your perspective on what happened in that altercation witnessing it from Pitt Road? Well, you know
0: I just I have the, the the same camera angles as you guys do, and i I never feel like I'm in a good position to judge who's right or wrong on you know I'm not a driver and I don't know what it's like to be out there and in those moments but uh what I do know is that you know, William Byron is only in his second year in the Cup series. He hasn't been racing on track his entire career very long. He's still a very young driver. And I don't think that he, when Chad told him to retaliate, you know, that was the wrong message, I think, because look what happened. William didn't even know how to pay Kyle back in the right way. And it it caused him more harm um, than did any good other than, You know, maybe he gained a little bit of respect or if not respect, people will know that William's not afraid to to get into the back of him if he feels wrong. So, um, you know, it didn't work out for William, unfortunately, on on Sunday. But I think he he sent some message and uh, and next time he's told to to put the bumper to someone, I think he'll go about it a little differently.
1: Well, speaking of putting the bumper to someone and someone trying to gain respect, then you had the dust-up between Kyle Busch and Bubba Wallace Jr. So, of course, Wallace said that Busch ran him over on lap 39, causing him to spin into the wall. Then on lap 62, you saw what happened as Bubba Wallace spun Busch on the entry to turn one. Now, Wallace has had his struggles this season, and it seemed as if his frustrations reached their boiling point on Sunday. Could you sense that from the pit box last Sunday with Bubba Wallace?
0: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't covering Bubba's pit specifically, but I just think bigger picture, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, they've had their own team struggles, and so that's got to take a toll. And then feeling like you're not getting any respect on track, um, I think that, you know, these drivers reach their breaking points. I think Bubba Wallace is a talented driver, and, and you know, he's with a low-budget team, and they, they have struggled and i think it's got to be really frustrating for him and i think similar to william byron he wanted to make a statement that you know he's not just going to be pushed around just because he's you know on a on a lower budget team or a you know a second year driver or whatever he just he doesn't want to be pushed around he's a big personality in the sport Um, I love having Bubba around the cup garage because he adds so much personality and spark to it. Um, And we we saw it after the race where it's just, um, you know, he I think it was just a combination of things. I would think it's the struggles that they've had as a team and um, and Bubba feeling like too many of these older cup drivers are, are pushing them around on track.
1: Well, the NASCAR Cup Series returns to Michigan International Speedway on Sunday for the Consumers Energy 400. Now, Kevin Harvick is the defending champion of this race, while Joey Logano won at Michigan back in June. Of course, Kyle Larson also has multiple victories at the track. Uh, Besides those three drivers, what are the key stories that you plan on following in the pits this Sunday on NBCSN?
0: Well, you know, the really exciting news I feel like that came out this week was that they were going to add some of that PJ1, that sticky stuff, to this track for the first time. And so when we had our, our broadcast um, conference call looking ahead to the race, you know, whether it was Steve Latartdale, Dale Jr., Jeff Burton, the, the storyline was we don't really know what to expect with that sticky stuff down. We don't know how it will change the racing, what effect it may or may not have. And what the teams will have to do to adapt for. So, um, you know, Joey Logano absolutely dominated the race th- at Michigan back in uh, June. And uh, we think we could see a very different race with this sticky stuff laid down this time around. So I think that that's really the other big storyline. And we've seen it a few places this year as more and more tracks are, are using the sticky stuff um Pocono for example just a few weeks ago where you know they're waiting to see how that sticky stuff is going to change the driver's lines how it's going to widen out the track create opportunities for passing who's going to use it and when um so I think that that's kind of the other underlying um the underlying story at at Michigan this time around and then we just have to keep in picture that we've only got a, a few races left ahead of the playoffs and so um, right now it's jimmy johnson and ryan newman i i believe are tied in points and um so there's certainly going to be a, a lot of interest in a few of those guys that are right around that playoff cutoff line
1: once again she's kelly Stavis, a pit reporter for nbc sports coverage of the monster energy nascar cup series and the nascar xfinity series in addition, she's also a reporter for NBCSN's weekday show, NASCAR America, and is also a regular during NBC's coverage of the Winter and Summer Olympic Games. Kelly, thank you so much once again for your time. Greatly appreciate it, and we'll be watching you on Sunday on NBCSN.
0: My pleasure. Thanks again for having me.
1: Kelly Stavist, one of NBC Sports' go-to reporters on Pitt Road. My thanks to Kelly Stavis and Daniel Suarez for being my guests this week. Most importantly, thanks to all of you for listening to the Checkered Flag Podcast, whether it's through the WRALsportsfan.com website and app, or through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and TuneIn. Before I take leave of you, I just want to remind you that NBCSN is your home for NASCAR this weekend. You can catch NBC Sports live coverage of the Consumer's Energy 400 from Michigan International Speedway on Sunday at 3 p.m. only on NBCSN. If you can't watch the race on TV, you can listen to NASCAR Racing from Michigan on Sunday at 2 p.m. only on 620 The Ticket. This edition of the Checkered Flag Podcast has been a production of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Until next time, this is Michael Shelton reminding you, please do not text and drive, and I'll see you at the track. You've been listening to the Checkered Flag Podcast with Michael
0: Shelton. Don't forget, there are many ways you can listen to this podcast,
1: including streaming at
0: WRALsportsband.com, the WRAL Sportsvan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Checkered Flag Podcast.